Thank you for listening to the CEO-ish podcast hosted by me, Taylor Graham. And me, Chloe Willemson. We are so excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become our first official sponsor for the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes and stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for our podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the CEO-ish podcast, or welcome if you're new here. As always, we are Chloe and Taylor, and every week we chat with your favorite entrepreneurs, artists, and creators about all things entrepreneurship, social media, self-care, a little woo-woo spirituality here and there, and most importantly, how all of these things come together to impact our mental health as creatives. This week, we had the genuine pleasure of sitting down with Alexa from Glopedia. You guys, we are so excited about this interview. We reached out to Alexa when we first launched this podcast, and we finally got the timing worked out to have her on. And I think this may be one of my most favorite conversations that we've had. I could not agree more. She was such a fantastic interview. We chatted with her about how she started creating her skincare content during her postpartum journey her top tips for growing an authentic and engaged community that transcends across multiple platforms, boundaries she has in place for maintaining a positive community on social media, her mental health experiences on TikTok and Instagram, all things Sephora squad, parenting with screens, and so much more. So much more. It's a great conversation. But first, as always, we have a ton to catch you guys up on. So should we just get right into it? Yes. Do we want to start with the Elvis movie? Yes, which we actually forgot to tell you guys about last week's episode. Sometimes we have so many updates that we just like forget to write them all down. Yeah, but we can't not talk about the Elvis movie. So do you want to share your thoughts first or should I go first? Um, Okay, so my overall arching thoughts were I think Austin Butler gave the performance Mm -hmm. of a lifetime. Man was Oscar worthy. Like he really did a good job. It was heartbreaking and fascinating to see how mismanaged Elvis's career Definitely. was like his management team is absolute garbage I cannot fathom which that. management team at that time wasn't or even currently I don't know like I just <laughs> coming from somebody like who's managed influencers before and understands the management side of things nor normally managers of that regard take about a 20 to 30 percent cut and the fact that this guy was taking half of everything oh, Elvis yeah. made was criminal Oh, absolutely. Um, And just dragging him the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, awful. Disgusting. Awful to keep him performing. And just like towards the end of the movie scene where he really like just kind of gave up was very, very sad. It's really sad. Um, But my only two comments on this about the the glossing over, the (laughs) glossing over of the grooming of Priscilla were, were not, mm, that didn't sit right with me. They didn't really, uh dive into that at all. They were just like, oh, he, he met the teenage daughter uh, yes. <laughs> of the military man. And then I also think they were a little bit shady and glossing over the fact that he did steal a lot of music from the black community, oh, especially yeah. during that time. Like they basically wrote it off as like, a, oh, ha ha ha, you should record the song because we're black and we can't. And I, that just didn't sit yeah. well with me. Like he did not credit any of the music that he took inspiration from whatsoever. Yeah. So, but overall, I agree with everything Taylor said, but overall, like the videography in the movie, like the costume design, just the way that his performances were filmed were just so cool. He, I love movies like that. Watching him move, like Austin Butler really Austin, did a great job. Austin put his entire Buddhist into this I performance. I hate you for saying that <laughs> so fucking much. Oh my God. No, seriously, performance of a lifetime. He fucking killed it. 
that was amazing. And just the way that they like age progressed him throughout the film. Yeah. It was so cool. Yeah. yeah. Like they did a phenomenal job. Yeah. He really, if he, man is not nominated for an Oscar, like I, yeah. I never know if they'll win those kinds of things, but if he is not at least nominated, like performance of a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It was a great movie. Would definitely recommend. Um, but also no, no, that Elvis wasn't really that great of a guy. Yeah. No, not <laughs> in the slightest. <laughs> So next, uh, oh, and also I want to add in that the Elvis movie was one of the last things that we did with my friend Kelly before she left. And then we're also going to touch on one more thing before she left. We took Kelly out. And while we were walking from Midtown to Broadway to do tourist things, because that's what you do when you live in Nashville and your uh-huh. friends come to visit, you play tourist for the weekend. Um, we ran into this very, very, very drunk man yeah. who his friends had just like abandoned him completely to move on to the next place and left him on the side of the yeah. road. And he- they didn't abandon him on Broadway. They abandoned him like in the middle of nowhere, basically. Like yeah. he was nowhere close to any bars that he would be wanting to go to, nowhere close to his hotel. He could not walk in a straight line. This man so- was incoherent. Yes. Yeah, so we adopted him with our group. <laughs> Uh, that was kind of a mistake. I mean, we got him to where he was going safely and he didn't assault any of us. So that was good. But, and I yelled at his friends for leaving them. Yeah. Like I got a hold of one of them on the phone and I was just yelling at them. That's so shitty. And like, I feel like men don't think about it as much because like women, it's like, you do not leave your friend. Like women know that. Oh, hell no. Like if your friend, you can't find them for five minutes, you freak out. I feel like that's just standard, but like shit happens to men too. And his friends were just like, Whatever. Yeah. That's really shitty. So, yeah, take care of your friends, guys. Yeah, don't do that. Be don't safe. be that person. Yeah. Um, but then more things that happened. We got lunch with the one and only Rudy Berry. Hell you guys yeah. know we love Rudy. Mm-hmm. I will have both of her episodes that we did with her linked in the show notes. They are some of our top performers. So yes. we know you guys love Rudy, too. Rudy's freaking killing it. But we are working on a project with her right now. and We're trying to finalize some things. Mm-hmm. So we all met up and got lunch at Bar Taco, which I had the most amazing A- cucumber salad but the yeah. lobster taco that I've ever had like did I overpay for this taco yes am I well aware that I was paying 10 pesos in Mexico for tacos while we were there in January also yes best fucking taco of my life it was so good damn I did not get the lobster taco what did I get I got like the cal- the you got cauliflower bowl yeah you got and it was phenomenal Chloe loves a good bowl I do love a good bowl nah. if it's on the menu I'm gonna order it yep and then more awesome things that just happened this week we booked two really cool people for podcast interviews in September. And we also just had two really fucking awesome podcast interviews. One of them being Alexa's episode, which you guys are about to hear now. And then the other one will be out in two weeks with the founders of Shine, who is both Alexa and Rudy's management agency. And we talked with them about like the behind the scenes of the influencer world, what they're looking for their talent, like so much good stuff. I will not waste another intro on that one, but you guys will hear that in a few weeks. Yes. All right. So we are working on two episodes a week and we put up polls in our stories for you guys to vote on right now. What was it? Tuesday, Friday is winning. Yes. By one vote. Yes. Yes. So we're going to put that up again on Thursday. So a day after this episode is released, please vote on that. We're really excited about it. We really want to put it out days. You guys want to hear them. We want to also put out content you guys want to hear. So we'll We'll throw another story up there too with any ideas you guys have. Guest ideas. If you guys have like a creator or an entrepreneur that you're like, I love this person and I would love to hear about them on your podcast, please let us know. We are always open to reaching out to those kinds of people. Definitely. And if you have any questions you would want us to ask them, please do. Yes. 
I feel like our guests love when we have listener asked questions. I know they're it's like, really oh my good. god, people know who I am. It's so fun. <laughs> it's so cool. Um, but yes, the options are Monday and Thursday and Tuesday and Friday. Um, Tuesday, Friday is winning by one vote. Mm-hmm. I think that is the way Chloe and I are leaning right now. But we are going to put it up one more time for you guys just to get a final answer because yes. it is so close. Yep. So please answer the poll. Please. Um, all right, Chloe, I'm gonna let you take it okay. away for your little serial dating bender this week. <laughs> yeah, I've been like serial dating and How's I, it going, Chloe? Not, How's it going? Not well. Like, so basically every single date that I've been on, I have a great time, you know? And then I leave the date and I'm like, okay, do I wanna like pursue something further with this person? And the answer is always no. So that kind of sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went out with this guy on Thursday. He was like super cool, super outdoorsy. He hiked the entire Appalachian Trail by himself in the winter. Like, damn, my man. Um, super cool. Taylor's not impressed by that. I'm impressed by that. The The amount of research Annie and I did on the Appalachian Trail in high school oh, because no. we wanted to go so bad. I'm impressed by the Appalachian <laughs> Trail thing. I'm laughing. If, okay, so this requires backstory of coming back to what Chloe and I were talking about earlier where girls do not leave each other alone. Whenever Chloe and I go out on dates, we always make it a point. The other person is pretty much kind of on standby, Mm -hmm. not doing anything or not super far away to be able to help in case anything were Mm -hmm. to ever happen. If the person felt unsafe, if they got too drunk and needed to be picked up, etc. And it's just, (laughs) I checked Chloe's location after like... Five hours, because also to note, Chloe and I usually have about a two and a half, three hour first date rule where we cut it off after that. Like, you don't need my entire night. Um, (laughs) But Chloe was out for like five and a half hours. And at one point I was like, I'm going to just make sure she's okay. So I checked her location and I found her in the middle of a river (laughs) and I panicked and I thought she was dead. So... I had to text her immediately and be like, can you please confirm you're alive before I call the cops? I was alive. I was on the side of the river just looking at it. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes those uh, Apple Maps locations are off. But yes, Chloe and I always have each other's location and we always know the information of the person that we're going out with. So if you're one of the men that we have gone out with on dates, just know we know who you are. Yeah. Despite the nicknames. Uh, Despite the nicknames. Yeah, no, this guy, honestly, I had a great time. And then he kissed me and I wish he didn't. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know, maybe not. And then the second person I went out, it was also a great time, which I was really nervous for this one because it was someone that's like not usually my type. But I went anyway, had a great time. It also might be another like friend situation here, which kind of sucks because I like these people I'm going out with, like they're not looking to be my friend. So that's kind of tough. Yeah. Um, My date got canceled on Saturday. Sunday, I didn't make a date, and then I have a date tonight I'm really excited about. I have high hopes for him, so don't fucking let me down, dude. <laughs> He's tall. We agree politically. That's been which a real is fucking struggle. hard in this town, dude. <laughs> yeah, um, Chloe and I have had multiple breakdowns about living in the South. Um, say what you want about the whole political parties thing. I have come to realize there are certain things we can disagree on politically but if it comes down to a difference of morality yeah it's not politics it's morals and that's kind of my thing and um I don't know why I thought I would have better luck moving down south but no everybody here here looks like they're washed up Walmart versions of people that auditioned for Duck Dynasty and didn't make it so um say what you want about that I have had multiple breakdowns about wanting to travel Europe for a year after yeah. this lease is up so we'll yeah. stay tuned you guys might catch up in Europe next year we'll see CEO go, CEO-ish goes international yes. <laughs> maybe we'll do some tours yeah 
Um, I had a date this week in which I listened to a man talk about himself for three straight hours. I think he maybe asked me three questions about myself. Oh my gosh. See, that's a thing too with dating. It's like when you're going back and forth through like text or like through the apps or whatever, I feel like I ask a question and then they answer it. And then how about you? And then I answer it. And then I ask another question and then they answer it. And then how about you? And I'm like, do you have any questions? It feels like an interview. It's a fucking interview. I hate that. I yeah. hate that so much. And then I just stop responding. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. rough out here, you it's guys. It's fucking rough out here. I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville. I'm going to be go on so many dates, find so many people that are like hard to get feelings for. I'm fucking numb, dude. <laughs> like literally, I need, I need a fucking therapist, honestly, is what I need. But I'm f- so fucking numb. I want to meet somebody that makes me feel something. I'm begging. Nashville, please, somebody. I really hope this guy tonight is awesome. <laughs> I, please don't let me down. <laughs> uh, honestly, you guys, this is what Chloe and I talk about on our couch right now. So yeah. I hope you're entertained. Yeah. Um, Chloe got a room together, though. Yes, did I get, did. You I did. did get your yeah. Room together. Yes, I need to buy some new bedding. I need to buy a mirror, but it is coming together. I figured out how I want to set it up. Um, it's looking kind of cute. Not gonna lie. I need to figure out the art situation because every wall that like I want to hang art on has the most awkwardly placed alarm on it that I can't move. Low frequency detectors. What the fuck are they A sprinkler. What the fuck even is that? Can someone please tell us what that is? Because I've never had one in my apartment. I'm about to take it off the wall. Taylor won't let me, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not going to let you because I Googled what it was and it said it was part of the city ordinance code that we can't. How are they going to know? (laughs) Because we're announcing it on the internet. (laughs) They're going to know. How would they know? know? How would they know? (laughs) We'll put it back out when they do inspections. It's fine. All right. I think that's all of our updates, minus me completely Mm -hmm. ruining my life, which we don't really need to divulge into. Just know, if you're listening to this podcast, I am out here ruining my own life right now. Like, everything is going to explode in my face. We're we're just at a ticking time bomb right now. (laughs) Taylor's being real confusing right now. It's fine. She's (laughs) she's down bad, and she doesn't want to be. She's down bad. It's fine. She's trying to get us a third roommate. It's not going to happen. No, I'm not. The only third roommate in this household is Frida. I, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> Frida. And Pay my fucking bills if you want to move in, my man. No. 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 <laughs> no. 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 All right. Moving on. Favorite products this week, Chloe. Trader Joe's freeze-dried strawberries. Things are fucking phenomenal. They, Love them. Not the mangoes, though. You have not some- the mangoes. The mangoes are too big. Holy- they need to do smaller slices. I had some commentary about those at the Elvis movie. She was not pleased. Yeah, I was not pleased. They you were... know what else I wasn't pleased with at the Elvis movie? The fact that we were front row. <laughs> oh, okay. okay, yeah, the front row thing sucked. We literally, the entire theater was sold out with the exception of the front row and then half the theater was empty, so that was stupid. We but also, <laughs> the snack line. Oh my gosh, everybody was on their first day of work at this movie, which I get it. Everyone is like desperate for work and everybody probably really is on their first week We work. stood in line for 30 minutes and did not move. Not a single person in line had been no. served a snack after 30 minutes. I just want some popcorn and a slush. I that was too much to ask for. I want it. Elite snack at the movie theater is the fact that the movie theater is the only place that offers the white cherry slushies literally anywhere. So good. Worth standing in line for. Not that line. Not that line. Not that line. 
Um, where was I? Is it my turn for yep. favorite product of the week? <laughs> okay, my favorite product this week. You guys, Chloe got me a birthday present and she got me the cutest looking purse from Marshall's question mark? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was adorable. I want to say it is closest from what I am familiar with about the designer handbag world. It kind of looks like a Hermes Kelly. But like a, not the mini one, but not the big one. It it kind of like resembles that body. It is the cutest color, like a shade of brown. I love it. I'm obsessed. And it's also now the smallest bag I own, mm-hmm. which is a running joke in my life. I don't carry small purses. Like okay. getting Taylor on the small handbag train. You know, honestly, it's not hard to get you to jump on a train. How many hours did it take for Young Gravy? It took me like not even a solid day. And you were like, yep. On the gravy train. Which, by the way, if anybody is curious, Young Gravy has not no. answered Chloe yet. But he did figure out the duet feature on TikTok, so we're still optimistic. Please continue. I'm not optimistic. He's, like, duetting everybody but me. And he went on a date publicly the other day, so. I think he was just out with a model that tagged him on Instagram. It looked like a date to me. We still have tickets in November. And he I'm hasn't, still going. He hasn't met you yet, so we're holding strong on that yeah, one. Do you think we can get backstage passes? If we bother him enough, we'll either get them or get blocked. So <laughs> true. <laughs> but okay. yeah. So I will do today's Swalvis shout out because look at that right there. Okay, ready? Today's Swalvis shout out goes to an Etsy shop called Jake Thomas Parker Art. Jake is a clay artist from Nottingham, England. He is also a self-proclaimed CEO of Snot Green, which we love because have you seen our couch? I'm fucking obsessed. He makes planters, trinket dishes, incense holders, earrings, and so much more. I absolutely love his retro style, and you guys know how into that I have been. So if you like retro style too, check out his Etsy shop at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Jake Thomas Parker Art. That's www.etsy.com slash S-H-O-P slash J-A-K-E-T-H-O-M-A-S-P-A-R-K-E-R-A-R-T. You bodied that bitch. Thank you. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> also, I want to add that I'm 99.99999% sure that this is the first male small business shout out that we've know, ever shout out on the podcast. expanding our horizons. So you know he's a good one because we kind of hate men over here. I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> Man haters. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, dad. I know you're listening. You're all right. You and Adam can stay, but like everybody else, they kind of suck. Joel and Adam, they're really pulling their weight as our male <laughs> listenership. Not going to lie. <laughs> And, oh no, my brother doesn't listen to this okay. podcast. I just know it'll get back to him oh, okay. if I, through my mom if I don't include him in that statement. So no. Adam's a good one. Yeah, he is. Oh my God, he did the cutest thing for his I girlfriend know. this week. He surprised her at her medical school white coat ceremony. Like she's starting medical school. So like the next big ceremony for her is when she actually like gets her doctorate mm-hmm. degree in med. I'm not familiar with medical <laughs> degrees. Okay. Like I, I'm speaking way mm-hmm. out of term here, but yeah, he's a good one. Yep. But all men that were raised by their sisters and have mothers that all like men that have sisters as siblings are better off in society. And I will stand yeah. by that sentiment. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Men who don't have sisters message on dating apps and say, Hey, do you want to come over? At 5 a.m. At 5 a.m. Have have no previous conversation. Yeah, sure. That's not safe, man. <laughs> Come over. My boy. So, have sir, you ever been a female before? Like, no. do you know what it's like to date as a woman? Anyway. No. <laughs> You're not getting my home address. You're not coming to pick no, me up. No, yeah. That's annoying too. Let me pick you up. No, you don't need to know where I live. Like, why would you even ask? You clearly don't have sisters. Okay. Anyway, let's get into Alexa's interview. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. 
Podcasting remotely can be challenging. I mean, God knows Chloe and I started a podcast in the middle of a pandemic with zero experience. But thanks to Zencaster's all-in-one web-based solution, the podcasting process has been quick and painless, the way it should be. If you've listened to our podcast for any length of time, you know that we have been obsessed with the quality of our audio from day one. And Zencaster provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. Not to mention, it's super easy to use, even for guests that aren't tech savvy. There's nothing to download, they just click the link and we start recording. Zencaster is all about making your podcasting experience easy. With everything from local recording to automatic post-productions in the tool, you don't have to leave your browser to get the episode done. We want you guys to have the same easy experience as we do for all of your podcasting and content needs. If you go to www.zen.ai slash CEOishpod and enter the promo code CEOishpod, you'll get 30% off your first three months. That's www.zen.ai slash C-E-O-I-S-H-P-O-D. It's time to share your story. Hello, hello, and welcome, Alexa. We are so unbelievably excited to have you on our podcast. This has been a long time coming, and Alexa also let us know that this is her first podcast interview, and we are always so excited to be people's first podcast interviews. So obviously I know you, we have been connected for a while and I've been a huge fan of your content for years. I first found you on TikTok and I'm very familiar with how you started making content, but for our listeners who are not that familiar with your content, can you please tell us a little bit about how you started making content specifically during your postpartum journey? Yes. Well, of course, first, I just have to say this is so exciting. Yes, you're right. This is my first podcast and I am so, I just am happy to do it with you ladies. Like I feel so comfortable instantly with you. So very happy to have CEO be on my first podcast, but um, I cannot tell you how much that means to us. (laughs) You guys, the the love, the love is all here. Um, So I, yes, you're totally right, Taylor. I started um, filming content and putting it out in the world when I was probably at my lowest that I've ever been. I had a pretty intense go with postpartum depression and it was actually kind of a weird thing how I ended up on social media. My friends and family basically said, you need to find something for you where you can create something or where you're not so hung up on being a mom and, you know, caught up in the hustle and bustle, which was very much like what I went through the, as you become a mom, you kind of have a moment where you go, you're, you're like, where does my, my life is totally different. It flipped upside down what is okay for me to do as a mom, which was my biggest thing. I felt like I was stepping into this new role and I felt like I had to put on like a new costume. But then I went, wait, I I don't want to be new. Like I I liked who I was, like I want to be that same person, but just trying to find the bridge. How do you still be who you are and connect with yourself while also being a mom? And so I was just really encouraged to just do something for myself where I didn't have to be a mom. And for me, a really safe and easy escape was social media because I could do it anywhere. I didn't have to tell everyone I'm a mom. I didn't have to tell everyone I'm going through depression right now. I could literally just reconnect with who I was deep down and somehow it worked. I wouldn't recommend everyone who's in a deep depressive rut to <laughs> open up an Instagram account because that is the, like, that it can be brutal on there. But for whatever Definitely. reason, it totally worked for me. And I was able to connect with so many people 
And I felt people kind of gain joy in my content. And that was really nice. And that was kind of the beginning of me reconnecting with myself and finding myself outside of being, quote, just a mom. You know, moms are amazing, but we need to uh, pour some mm-hmm. love into ourselves, you know. And then I was also our identity. I can't say, but like, I have to also do a disclaimer. Like I wasn't just like, oh, social media saved me. Like medication and therapists also played a big role. It wasn't just (laughs) like, oh, she's on social media and she's cured. You know, it was a long road, but um, definitely social media gave me a different sense of purpose than what I was Mm -hmm. expecting. I'm so happy that you touched on that too. And we'll definitely chat more about mental health and all of that later, but... Yeah, no, actually what you brought up really perfectly transitions into our next question because your audience is really positive and engaged. And we feel like that's pretty rare. You know, overall, your audience is very welcoming. And the few times that you do get hate content or comments, Mm -hmm. you shut that down pretty easily. You have great boundaries. So we really want to know any tips you have for growing that kind of a community. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, to continue with just being totally real and raw, I used to ignore hate comments and I would kind of put them, pretend as if I was processing them and or letting them roll off my back. Like, I don't care when in mm-hmm. fact I really did care. And it it's was hurtful. Yeah. And it was really You're a sensitive person. I can tell. Absolutely. I feel things so much. And I used to think that being sensitive was my weakness, but I'm starting to see no. how it can be a superpower because it's a way to be real and raw. And I think we all have a little bit of sensitive, like a sensitive soul in a way. And if you reveal it, some people see it as a weakness, but I think it's also a way to really connect with people, which kind of can answer your question in the sense where I was, I felt like I've been able to be real and raw and not change who I was because I did start this in a very raw place. And so um, it did take me a long time to realize that these comments were actually hurtful and um, I needed to process them. And so I actually started therapy and this sounds totally wild, but I started therapy because I love social media. I love what I do. There is so much good that happens on here, but we tend to cling to the negative and hold on to that. And that's what mm-hmm. I was doing. And I figured I can go down this route of holding on to the really yucky, bad stuff, and it can take me down like a sinking ship, or I can rediscover the joy in my purpose here, the joy in my life. And so I think what I also realized, one of the biggest things that has kind of stuck with me is that we don't want to take advice from people who don't truly know us. A lot of people on social media, they stumble on an Instagram account follow someone for a while, and you think you really know them. You think like they are my friend because you follow along, you know what they had for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then when that person, that influencer, that creator kind of steps out of that line of what you had expected for them, then people can be set off and triggered and annoyed and say, that's when people go, you're not supposed to do that. That's not you. That's not the type of thing you do. When in fact, that person didn't actually know who I was. Yeah. And I think- It's a lot of those that kind of, not a lot of them happen. Like, I I don't want to be dramatic. Like, I don't don't have a lot of hate, but (laughs) it does come up, especially on TikTok. And I think the biggest part is dealing with it rather than just pretending like you are when you aren't really. Absolutely. 
So on that note, do you have any boundaries within your own platform? Like, do you delete hate comments now? Do you respond to hate comments? Do you have like a no tolerance policy mm-hmm. for it? What are your personal boundaries with that? Ooh, that's really good. So my boundaries are always changing because I'm realizing that some days those the boundaries need to be different. So for example, um, there was a while where I went through and if I saw a nasty comment, I would respond to it. But then I realized that was kind of giving that troll what they wanted. They wanted to get into a battle, you know, like essentially when someone that you don't know finds your page and comes in and tries to create chaos there, they want you to keep the chaos going. So I realized I was giving them a lot of what they wanted. And so I stopped because it was a back and forth and it's really hard to go throughout your day, be present as a mom when someone is attacking you online and you continue to open it up. Mm -hmm. So I don't really respond anymore to rude comments. Um, And I don't, I actually am not really a blocker either. I've been trying to figure out what I should do or what's the best way to approach it. But um, no, I don't really block many people because I also feel like that can be a badge of honor for other people where they go, oh, yeah, well, Wikipedia blocked me, you know, and I'm like, I don't want to give you any more conversation. I want to give you nothing. But what I do a lot is if somebody says something that I don't really care for and they are following me, I will make them unfollow me, like remove follower a lot Mm -hmm. because then my content doesn't show up on their feed and they would actually have to search me and find me in order to continue. And a lot of people don't have that kind of effort. When you're off their radar, they don't think about you. I remove people from my following list all the time. I'm a huge fan of the mute button all of it. Yes, definitely. You have to protect your bubble, especially because like, and I hate that people say when you have a large platform, it comes with the job. But unfortunately, it is kind of true when you it reach is. the level that you have that not everybody's going to like you. But a lot of times, I, you know, sometimes you just wish people would continue scrolling. Like, was it really worth your effort to like take that jab at me? <laughs> I know that's weird that people do that. Absolutely. It's like some people, I really believe that right now in this world, there's so much chaos and we don't have enough coping skills. And so some people... Instead of going to therapy, instead of going for a walk, instead of doing something productive, they like to go online and create chaos because it's, it soothes them in that weird way of hurt continuing people, to engage. Hurt people. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So you've been consistently creating content on social media for, I think, two to three years now. Please correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah. I think three. Yeah. I think almost three. Did you start with TikTok or did you start with Instagram? I was definitely Instagram first. I did Instagram for about a year and then TikTok came out and it looked a little bit exciting and everyone thought I was insane, but I jumped over there and I, so yeah, I've been on Instagram exclusively for a year and then TikTok plus Instagram for two years um, total. Yeah. So three years total. Okay. Thank you for that context because we would love to chat with you about your mental health experiences, creating content on the different platforms. Do you find Instagram to be a more positive place for you? Do you prefer TikTok? We want to hear it all. Yeah, no, that's really, um, that's, that's so interesting. Um, 
I would say Instagram is a lot more safe because it's a lot harder to grow on Instagram. There's not as much reach. Whereas with TikTok, you don't know where you're going to end up. You get on that FYP and it goes viral and none of these people know who you are and they just think you're a, like a nameless bubble. So it's easier for them to say like, oh, your lips are so thin, you need filler or, you know, whereas Instagram, mm. the people following me like know me and they're, you know, they, they've been with me. They're not going to say that. So it's been interesting though with the um, development of in the launch of shorts or not shorts. That's a whole new, I'm on YouTube shorts now too, but we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I mean, I meant to say reels with reels coming out because that that's where you can kind of get the exposure. And I'm noticing a lot of crossover in like tendencies that people have with their comments. And I do notice when a video kind of gets to be at 800,000 views all the way to a million views, that like chunk is the like hardest chunk to get through because of the hate comments and the chaos that comes. So I've, when, when a video hits 800 and I still see it's growing, I'm like, okay, wish I could turn off the comments on that video and not look at them, like let people have whatever they want. But like, I don't want to see it in my notifications because it gets mm-hmm. pretty gross during that ch- segment. So do you have your notifications on as a creator? I do not. I okay. do not like on my phone, it doesn't buzz or anything. But what I do look through a lot is when you know, when you open up the Instagram app and look through the notifications, I love to see the comments and who's chatting and what's going on. I like to have my finger on that pulse and I love to go in. That's where I respond to most of my comments there. I don't really go into the post and scroll down the comments. I'll just go and look in my notifications like tab. And that's kind of been fun because some people will comment on a post from like two years ago and then I'll respond to it there and they'll go, oh my gosh, I didn't know you'd see this. But that's why I like to look at the notifications. I love that. And then one more question for you about TikTok and in terms of just the hate. Do you find that hate gets worse if a brand boosts a video or there's a paid promotion behind it? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. Yes. I've actually had, oh, what was it? I had a video and it was about retinol. And I said the word retinol at the beginning. And it was, I forgot who the brand was, but they were boosting it. And People were starting to comment saying that I was um, using the word retinol, but saying it as fentanyl, the drug, and using that, (laughs) I know, as clickbait to lure people into my video. And people were like, oh, I can't remember the brand, but I asked them to please turn off the comments because everyone was like, you are a disgusting creator using the word fentanyl to lure us in. And I was like, this is so clearly retinol. It's a retinol you product. Have I have a retinol oh in the God. caption. <laughs> it's like, it is wild. People were so upset. But yes, when a brand boosts it, because I think it just goes to everyone. I don't think they're very mm-hmm. specific on the audience. And it's in people who may not even be interested in skincare, you know? So 
the, t- yeah. the f- targeting and, and the paid end of TikTok fascinates me because, I mean, I run Facebook ads for a living yeah. and every UI is based off of Facebook's ads manager. But Facebook to this day still has the best targeting capabilities, even with all of the iOS 14 changes and things like that. I've only dabbled in TikTok ads a few times because clients are still so new and it's just such a different platform. But the targeting variables there are not my favorite. Yeah, I it's it's bad when they want to boost it because everyone wants to boost it to like a million or three million. And I'm like, mm-hmm. OK, here we go. So. <laughs> here we go. Well, I feel like, too, they're boosting it to people who, again, have never heard of you, might not even know about the brand and stuff. So when they're commenting these hate comments, they're not even thinking about an actual person is seeing right. this. You know, they're just saying like something funny, trying to get a bunch of likes on it or trying to get a response and not even thinking about the effects it has. Absolutely. Another video of yours that just popped into my head again, because I'm so familiar with your content was when I think you always do like the best texture videos and you'll do like the first scoops, the squeezes and stuff like that. And you did some body scrub that ended up looking like poop. And I remember it went viral. (laughs) (laughs) It did. It did. Yes. It was like the the Frank body scrub. And when you squeeze it, it comes out and it came out like in a tube and it was brown and Yeah, I think that was one of the first like TikToks where I was like, oh, okay, here we go, people. (laughs) Set yourself up for those comments. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) All right, we actually have a listener ask question for you. Oh. They are curious about your actual content creation process because they think that you're the perfect blend of the aesthetic model who apply products and an educational voiceover. So how do you blend the two? I feel like you do oh a very gosh. good job of that. Wow. Whoever wrote, that's a nice question. Whoever wrote that. Thank you. Um, it was Rudy. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. I love Rudy so much. Um, how do I blend the two? Well, I think that's just kind of been all the, the evolution of it all. Like initially starting out as just a product photographer, essentially doing flat lays and shelfies and then trying to bring those to life with video. Um, I think I definitely lean more towards the aesthetic and satisfying arena just because that is naturally soothing to me. That's what I like to see. And especially with the first scoops, I didn't really see anybody doing that kind of before mm-hmm. I did it. And not saying I started, I'm sure someone else somewhere did it. Um, And maybe I was like, oh, I could probably try and do that. Um, But then also, yeah, I just, I feel like I've also always got a lot of, gotten a lot of compliments about my voice being soothing. Not right now. It's very. I was about to say that you have the perfect aesthetically pleasing voice to like put people to sleep. Like I Mm -hmm. used to watch your skincare videos when I needed to go to bed. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) That's so sweet. Yes. So yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting over like a little bit of a a throat thing here, but um, normally I find my voice very soothing and satisfying and I've heard it from other people. Um, It's funny though, because your voice is your voice, you know, like you don't, Mm -hmm. it's hard to change it or it's hard to, sometimes people go, Oh, like I I hate listening to myself because it doesn't sound like me because it sounds different in your head. But for whatever reason, I feel Mm -hmm. like when I listen to myself back, that's like how I sound. So I think I'm already like adjusted to that and I don't have that reaction. I don't know. You know, good for you because let me tell you, starting a podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's hard, humbling. Hard oh, wow. Listening to your own voice, especially when we started off. Chloe was our editor. We, had, oh, yeah. we ended up having to hire an editor because Chloe literally like started hating her own oh, voice. Oh, no. She wasn't enjoying <laughs> podcasting anymore. We were like, we got to fix this. We got to fix this. 
That makes sense, though. I feel like that's a normal thing. We, it does sound different in your head for a lot for a lot of people, mm-hmm. but for sure. Well, we would love to chat all things Sephora Squad with Ooh, you because yes. I think you were in a very interesting point with the Sephora Squad because you were on it when it was COVID. So nobody yeah. could travel, nobody could do the fun brand trips, all of that. So I'd love to hear a little bit about what your experience was like. I'd also love to hear a little bit, not, and correct me if I'm wrong here too, aren't you doing like almost recruiting type for it now? Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so we'd I'm, love to hear about that. And okay. then any advice that you have for creators who are looking to apply and wanting to stand out when they're going through the application process? Yes, absolutely. So my um, first year I was on Sephora Squad and it was all COVID. So yes, all of the fun stuff was at home. It was just the via the Zooms. And it was still nice, you know, to like have a day where we got to Zoom together. And they had really cool people come on. Like, um, I think one of the one of the um, celebrities was uh, Addison Ray came on and then Jonathan Van Ness from JV and Hair. He was we on. Man- <laughs> we are manifesting this man yeah. to be on our podcast. He is incredible. Yes. We love him. So, so incredible. And um, so that was kind of fun to be able to see everybody, you know, because when you go to a live event or like an in-person event, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to know who's who or like it's just really overwhelming. At least that's what it was at the Sephora launch event, which I was just at last week in LA. It was hard to kind of remember like, oh, you're, what's your handle, you know, anyways, but it was really, it was so much better to be able to see people in person. Like, I think I just told myself last year, like, okay, like, this is just what we have to do with the Zooms. And um, it was just so incredible being in person, live, hugging everyone I've been talking with and um, DMing with and chatting with like over the year and to be able to do it in real life was just like nothing else. So yeah. And then um, this year, I'm a launch partner, which means I'm still on the squad, but I'm kind of more of like a senior member in the sense that I don't have to reapply because a lot of people, once you're on the squad, your contract expires after the year. And if you're a launch partner and there's only 14 of us, you don't have to reapply. You just get to continue to go and stay on the squad. And I think my, the big emphasis of the launch partner is at the beginning of squad, when everyone's applying, like you're like kind of being the sounding board and sharing information about the squad and kind of being an advocate in that sense. And I think the biggest thing about Sephora squad, which I love and any tips I have for other people who are looking to apply or figuring out if it's a fit for them, it's a one-year paid contract and you get to work with Sephora brands exclusively. And um, that has been really wonderful making those connections. And it's really great for all creators of all sizes. Doesn't They don't take into account, I mean, I'm sure they take into account, but they don't say there is a limit or a minimum following, which I love. And what I also love is the fact that the squad is so diverse. Like everyone has a story. Everyone looks different. And everyone, though, is super authentic and has a following that they have been able to connect with and present themselves as real people online. And I think that's what I love, how Sephora is looking for authentic voices. Mm -hmm. I love to see that shift in the beauty industry. Yeah. It's, it's not so all refreshing. models all the time. Right. It, it definitely needs it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. And everybody has a story. Not There's no one that's like, 
oh, my life is perfect. And here's my perfect avocado toast. Like, no, everybody <laughs> has like their, their thing that they've gone through. We're, we're real people. And that's what I love. Do you think that the rise in popularity of TikTok as a platform, the more casual approach that the app has overall has impacted that kind of casualness that has come into the everyday authentic influencer? Oh, absolutely. Like, I think, I think there's a certain percentage of like influencers that will always be just like incredibly aesthetic, like same colors, like plan out the feed. And I think that's wonderful and super niche, but I love how it's not the all encompassing Mm -hmm. way to be an influencer, because to be honest, I have had the hardest time sharing with people. If it comes up, what do you do for work? I hate saying I'm an influencer. It just gives. Oh, it's embarrassing. It is. I hate it too. (laughs) Totally. And it's like, I don't, but then at the same time, I'm like, I want to, I want to own this. Like I want to be, I'm not helping anyone if I continue to perpetuate the stereotype that influencers just shove product down your throat. Whoever pays the most is who they talk about. They're so perfect. They're not real. Like that is totally the opposite of the trend right now. And so I think I'm trying to embrace that truth of being like, what if I did tell them I'm an influencer? Like, you know, like they would know I'm embrace it. Yeah. So and I was so confident in how I presented mm-hmm. it that they couldn't be shaken by yeah. like how I responded, you know. And that was what the big my biggest takeaway from being at the Sephora launch event is I was able to look around at 70 creators just like doing their thing. Everyone's like enjoying each other. No one was a diva about anything. Everyone was just being themselves and I was like I am this. This is me embrace this. And so that was kind of like a really big revelation. That's so good to hear because I I have not been invited to events or things like that yet of that scale. I've done smaller things, but I've always thought that like those big launch parties would be very intimidating to attend. And I think I'm a relatively confident person too, but even that would put me a little bit out of my element. Right. I was, I was prepared to just be like, a fly on the wall or like find a buddy and hold on to the buddy, you know, like that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But <laughs> yeah, it sure. wasn't, it wasn't like that. It was like, I, I just felt really that, and this was my experience. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, maybe there's someone else listening that went to the launch event and was like, Oh no, that's, you know, but th- for me, I felt like everyone was just there trying to meet each other and everyone was just in awe of what we had and that we were just honored to be there and be, picked for that, you know, cause it's a pretty intense Definitely. process. So to get there was like Super Bowl. So now, did you have to apply to be a launch partner or were you hand selected? Like what was that process like? Yeah. Um, no, I didn't have to apply. They, they hand select who they want to be launch partners. And okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the, the, like how, I don't know how they choose or anything like that. I think that's all Sephora secrets. So yeah, that's, that's fair. Because I was just about to ask. I was like, do you did you do anything to help make yourself stand out in that? But I also think your genuine authenticity and genuine excitement for yeah. the program. Like I still to this day don't think I've ever seen anybody be quite as excited to be on Sephora Squad as right. you. <laughs> oh, I just lost my mind when I wanted it. You know, when I got it the first time because I had applied the year before. And I didn't get it. And I think that was because though, so here's my tip. I think that was because at that point I was just basically a products page. I was, here's my shelfie and I didn't show my face on my feed. There was no personality. It was just products. So 
I, I know why they didn't pick me the first round because they don't, they don't want just products. Like there's Sephora. Yeah. They have the products. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for me it was, um, they finally, like when I just got out of my shell and was like, okay, I'm ready to be a person. I'm ready to make this page a personality. Um, I think that's kind of when it all started to click, but yeah, I sobbed. I sobbed when I got it. It was like, that was my highlight, you know, like that was what I wanted. So. Awesome. All right. So we want to pivot a little bit and talk to you about parenting with screens. I love how you incorporate your daughter into your content subtly through giveaways and her picking winners. But I think that you do a really good job of protecting her online and not being like a full on mommy blogger. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but that's definitely not what you do. Um, But yeah, can you talk to us just a little bit about how it's been like navigating through such a large following with children who are very much interested in doing what you do? Yeah. So I think that was like when I first started too, I was like, I'm never showing my kids. And then a lot of people Mm -hmm. didn't realize I was even a mom. And then I felt like I was holding something back that I was protecting something and I was trying to figure out. And of course it was protecting my children, but I didn't feel like I needed to hold that so tightly and be so exclusive about um, like hiding that in a way, because online is brutal. Like Someone can say something to me at this point and it, it will hurt my feelings a little bit, but then I'll get over it. But I just didn't even want to think about what it would be like if somebody like came after my kids or said something. I just, so I was, I had to wait until I was in a position to know what I would do and how to deal with that. And then Romy is getting older. She's just turned seven and she is so interested in what this all is. And she just calls my followers, my friends and future she, beauty queen. That's awesome. she, <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. She just has literally no idea. Sometimes she'll go, Hey mom, are you famous? And I'm like, no, I am not. I'm not <laughs> famous. But for her in her mind, she thinks that if you are, if you are on YouTube or have anything on YouTube, you're instantly famous. Like it doesn't matter. I think that's modern day fame. It's a yeah. different version. Like we're not Hollywood celebrities, but like, no. you know, and on that note, have you ever been recognized in public out with your family that would contribute to that? I, I have, but I don't think Romy was around. So she didn't, she didn't realize that. But I think if she did, when people were around, and she was there, I think she'd be like, oh, is that your friend? And I'd be like, well, yeah, because she yeah. thinks everyone <laughs> on Instagram is my friend. So, um, well, but yeah, so go ahead. It speaks to your positive community for me, like that your, your mm-hmm. daughter associates everybody with being your friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's also like, I also don't think she understands like what, so strangers, like strangers you don't know, because that's not true. Like I do know I connect with a lot of the followers and I, I do my best to respond as many DMs as I can. And, um, but so I, yeah, I started to incorporate Romy into some things and I, she mainly lives on stories. Um, she'll show up when she's interested and when she's not, which is most of the time, she, you know, she's not there, but I wanted people to get a full picture of who I am and do it in a way that I felt like I could control, which was, having Romy pick all the giveaways because I also hate picking giveaway winners. Like that is like the worst. So if I, I love when you to submit Romy's favorite emojis and she yeah. pick her favorites, like it's so cute. And so she cute. takes it so seriously, so seriously. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, 
we're going to be interviewing her on this podcast. Yeah. 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 So do you, I'm just curious, do you have any rules for your kids with social media, given that your job is so much on social media and you've seen personally how people can be mean? Do you have boundaries with them or like, are they allowed to be on social media? Oh, well, I mean, they're so young. Romy's seven and Bodie's four. So Oh, okay. Four-year-old probably doesn't even know. I know. Kids these days get on it so early. (laughs) Um, She was like, when can I get a phone that looks like so much fun? And that's when I make a note and know that I am on my phone too much around her because phones, like, I don't want her, I, I want her to have a phone if she needs to, like, have a phone for after school sports when she's mm-hmm. older in middle school, high school, whenever that is. But I really don't like the addiction that can kind of come over between obsessively checking things. And Absolutely. I think my worst fear of this job is I do not want my children to ever say or look back and go, Oh, my mom was on her phone all the time. Like I want to be a present mom. Present. Yeah. And so I think that's why the bulk of what I do, when I do this is either during like our quiet time in the afternoon, which what, which like we all just kind of rest, you know, they don't nap, but, um, and then also after they go to bed. So sometimes I'm working from like nine to midnight, like getting what I want to get out and trying to keep my phone away when I'm around my kids. So that's most important to me. That's an awesome mom right there. Oh, thank you. I'm we're, we're all trying. We're all trying. <laughs> All right, Alexa, hardest question we could ever ask a beauty and skincare product. Oh, no. I think I know what it's What is your favorite self-care product under $50? Oh, wow. Okay, price. Okay. (laughs) Um, Wow. Let me think. Okay, self-care. So you said self-care. So I'm- Anything that makes you feel good. It could be a literal bag of potato chips if that's what makes you feel good, you know? So actually, um, I think I can do this because- it's a little bit of an extra item. I wouldn't say everybody needs it. It's not like my holy grail skin ge- skincare game changer. But Mount Lai, the brand, has this uh, roller. I think I have the box, right? No, I don't. It's a it's a facial roller. And what it has is instead of just being like a normal facial roller, it has two balls on each side. So I've seen that. I th- Yes, I think it is. It's not the spoon, but it can kind of glide along your cheekbone and then you can do it along your jaw and it is so relaxing and I love to watch like a Netflix show. Right now we're watching Stranger Things and I will just like roll my face. It is so much easier to use than just like a jade roller. It's like a deluxe jade roller. It's so wonderful. I cannot tell you how long that has been sitting in my Sephora wish list, and I'm just going to go add that to cart real quick. I think I also think we've shouted Mount Lai out as a small business shout out. We have, before. yeah. So shout oh, out to I you. I love <laughs> them. I love them. Stephanie is incredible. Like they, I just love how she started the brand based on her grandmother, like sharing mm-hmm. and passing on this information to her. And I feel like that's so important to support small businesses like that, where it comes Absolutely. from the family. You know, it's not just some like person who saw this on TikTok or saw this on the internet and decided to like steal the entire concept and make it their own, you know, it's actually Mm -hmm. from someone who got it from their grandma. And I think that's wonderful. It is rooted in traditional Chinese. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to support that. Love that. All right, Alexa, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can our audience find you and keep up with you? Oh, well, I'm on, I'm Glowopedia on Instagram as well as TikTok. And if you don't have TikTok, I'm starting to shove everything onto YouTube shorts. So 
and Pinterest too. Love it. I'm everywhere. Are you, is it just YouTube shorts or are you yeah. starting to do YouTube as well? Oh, no, no. I'm just doing YouTube shorts. YouTube long form is way too much for me to take on, but I bet you someday I will end up in that arena just because that just seems to be the natural progression. Uh, I, was gonna say, I feel like in terms of content longevity, just because YouTube is so SEO based yeah. that you get the longest lifetime out of your content, but on the flip side, it is the maximum amount of work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the editing, like, no, I, I'm not there yet. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally have to hire an editor if I had right. YouTube. Like, it would never get done. I would just have a ton of film on a camera that never got edited. Absolutely. I'm with you. <laughs> all right. Well, as always, we will have all of Alexa's socials linked in the show notes. If you have anything else you would like to have us link in the show notes for you, we're happy to do that as well. Thank you so much for sharing everything that you did with us today, for being so open and honest and raw with our followers. And we are just so grateful to have you. Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's so easy and fun to talk with you guys. This was really wonderful. All right, CEOs, that is it for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, you can find all of our episode and guest information in the show notes, as well as on our website, www.coishpodcast.com, spelled like our name without the dash. Thank you all so much for supporting our show. And for more CEO-ish, be sure to give us a follow over on Instagram at CEO-ish podcast. And be sure to follow us on our personals at Chloe Elizabeth Creative and at Tegram Biz. Be sure you're subscribed to CEO-ish wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you really love the show, be sure to give us a five-star review, whether that be on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. It really does help us out and we read every single one. We love you guys so much and thank you for tuning in to CEO-ish. We'll see you CEOs in the next episode. Bye.